0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back once again to another episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast, offering you a forward look at what you can expect to hear from our Knowledge Group webcasts. And on this particular episode, we're going to be joined by our panel on Tuesday, November 22nd, kicking things off at 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern and lasting for two hours. We'll be talking about patentability of ML, AI, and software-based inventions, key considerations. The panelists for this webcast consist of Dr. Simon Benny, Mr. Robert Plotkin, Ms. Rena Kuiper and Mr. Orlando Lopez. More information about our panelists and the webcast can be found in our description box, as well as the website for details about how to sign up and how to tune in, whether that's on demand or live. Joining us today is one of our panelists, Mr. Robert Plotkin, to give us an overview of this very interesting topic. Without further ado, we'll turn things over to our speaker right now.
1: I'm Robert Plotkin, a patent attorney at BlueShift IP, specializing in software and AI patents. I've been working in the field for over 25 years. In the webinar, I will be talking about why now uh, is such an important time to be focusing on patentability of AI, what's happened recently in development? in AI, how to determine what is patentable about AI, what to claim relating to AI in a patent, and some of the challenges uh, both for innovative companies and patent attorneys when it comes to writing and obtaining AI patents. And those include challenges involving satisfying the non obviousness or inventive step requirement and challenges for satisfying the written description and enablement requirement and I will give some uh, suggestions for ways in which to address those challenges
2: mm, okay I see um uh, we look forward to uh, hearing you from uh your perspective on that uh, during the webinar uh, but i if I may ask um I have here a few questions for you that um, Mm -hmm. we're looking forward, of course, uh, to have your opinion of. I'm sure the listeners are also uh, interested in learning more about this. Um, Mm -hmm. Can AI really compete with human inventors?
1: Of course, everyone, when they hear about AI and inventing, is interested and perhaps worried about whether AI is going to make human inventors obsolete. Uh, and really, two sides to that answer. On the one hand, AI mm-hmm. still needs humans to power it, to give it input, to give it direction, to tell it what problems to address, to configure it, and to do all of those things. So humans are still always uh, and still uh, uh, humans are still necessary for inventing. But AI has become incredibly powerful at testing out huge numbers of possibilities, such as possible designs for products or processes in a a short amount of time that no human could ever do. I actually wrote about this in my 2009 book, The Genie and the Machine, and that was over a dozen years ago. But AI was already creating patentable inventions back then. And since that time, computers as we all know, become millions of times more powerful. And AI algorithms, including deep learning, which most people have heard about, have gotten much more powerful and easy to use as well. And AI is now being used to invent in fields ranging from microprocessor design to drug discovery and personalized medicine, robotics. And maybe you haven't heard, but Moderna, which as we all know, developed one of the COVID vaccines, considers it itself to be as much an AI company as a drug company because of its extensive use of AI in developing its vaccine. So the short answer is both yes and no. AI can compete with human inventors in terms of developing prototypes and ideas, but it still needs humans to power it.
2: Mm, I see. I agree to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if AI can now invent automatically, should AI software be named as an inventor on patents??
1: Well, yeah, that's a pretty yeah, it's a pretty natural question to come next, and in fact, um, there is someone named Stephen Thaler, who has been filing patent applications around the world in which he's named his software as an inventor. The acronym for that software is Dabus, D-A-B-U-S, and so far, um, patent offices and courts around the world have been rejecting uh, his argument that his AI should be allowed to be named as an inventor on a patent application. I actually agree with that conclusion uh, that at least based on US law, that AI should not be capable of being named as an inventor. And actually, I think that this whole question of whether AI should be an inventor on a patent is a red herring. What I mean by that is it it distracts Mm -hmm. us from the more pressing and, and real uh, important questions for companies, for patent owners, for patent attorneys, uh-huh. and the two most challenging issues raised by AI for patents, in my opinion, are what's required by the non-obviousness or inventive step requirement in the face of AI, uh, now that AI is so good at developing innovations. And the second issue that's really pressing and challenging when, when writing and obtaining patents for AI is how much and what kind of detail should need to be disclosed or described about an AI invention in a patent application. Those are things that as a patent attorney, I struggle with and work on all the time with my clients. And those are issues that, that are very real and that are, we're going to need to address over time.
2: Okay. Uh, Can you explain more what you mean about AI affecting the legal standard for non obviousness in patent law?
1: Yeah. I mean, I mentioned that that was the Mm -hmm. first of the two big challenges that AI raises for patent law. So let me say a little bit more about what I mean by that. Uh, Mm -hmm. In the U.S., we have this requirement that an invention not be obvious in order to be patentable. And now in Europe, some other jurisdictions, they refer to that as the inventive step requirement. But whatever you call it, the purpose of that requirement is to ensure that trivial inventions or trivial modifications to previous technologies can't be patented, uh, which is important. We None of us want uh, trivial uh, changes to existing products to be patented. So put it yet another way, it this this non-obviousness requirement ensures that only real or true advances over the current state of the art can be patented and the way that this that, that's a really hard thing to do on a case by case basis and the way this works is that the ob- non-obviousness requirement requires that any modifications that could have been made to an existing product you know, a mousetrap or a hammer or a television or whatever the case may be any modifications that could have been made to an existing technology using only ordinary skill can't be patented you know you can imagine there's lots of ways you can change an existing mousetrap that anyone in the field would think of doing and those can't be patented um so Mm it's it's i'm going to go just a little bit more detail because this is not uh something that is apparent to to a lot of people immediately it's so it's well recognized, for example, that if people in a, in a particular field, like let's say molecular biology have a, a high degree of education, then what's called the level of ordinary skill in that field is is considered very high and the relevance of this to artificial intelligence is that let's say you've got an inventor who's a drug researcher and he and he or she uses AI technology to develop new drugs. I would say that person is getting a kind of inventive boost or an augmentation of their inventiveness from the AI technology. It's making them more capable as an inventor by enabling them to, let's say, try out more possibilities more quickly. And so I would say that if if AI becomes really widespread, used in a very widespread way in the inventive process, then you know that really should be uh, that that should be raising the bar for non-obviousness. It should be making it more difficult, in a in a sense, to obtain patents or to satisfy the non-obviousness requirement in a field in which AI is widely used. And so, as a patent attorney, or as a innovative company applying for patents, the challenge is how can you then write patent applications that can still satisfy The non-obviousness requirement in the face of AI that's making it easier and easier to invent all the time. And that's just going to require staying on top of the technology as it advances really rapidly so that we can stay uh, one step ahead in, in writing and arguing for the patentability of new inventions
2: okay so you've mentioned that ai raises challenging questions about how much detail and what kind of detail needs to be disclosed about ai generated inventions in patent applications so can you explain that
1: yeah so that was the second challenge i mentioned so let me just give you Uh one example many ai innovations right now involve training a model like an artificial neural network And usually there's a huge amount of training data that are used to train that model. And so how do you describe that training data? Could be millions of images, for example. How do you describe that training data in a patent application in the right kind of detail to satisfy the written description and enablement requirements? That could be quite challenging to describe that data. Uh, then the resulting trained model itself, like a neural network, is often a black box that's difficult or impo- even impossible for a human to understand. So how do you describe that model, like a neural network in a patent application? And then when you run the model, when you use it, uh, the processes that the model performs are often uh, a, very, a black box that are difficult or impossible for a human to understand. How do you describe those in a patent application? There's actually a term for this. It's referred to as the inscrutability of AI. I mean, AI models are very, very often difficult or impossible for a, a human to understand. And I think for a long time, patent offices weren't really paying much attention to this. Uh, They didn't examine AI-related patent applications very rigorously uh, when it came to satisfaction of the written description or enablement requirements, but that's definitely changing. And anyone right now who applies for an AI-related patent application needs to understand and follow the current best practices for satisfying these disclosure requirements in order to avoid having their patent applications rejected in a way that they can't overcome. Or you know, or or to avoid obtaining a patent that can be very easily invalidated later in litigation.
2: Mm, uh, given all of these challenges for AI patents, what do you think are the prospects for obtaining strong, broad, and defensible AI patents?
1: Yeah, I mean I think the the prospects are good, but let me just distinguish between Two different types of AI patents. Okay, there's, there's first there's patents on improvements in AI technology itself. Let's say a new type of evolutionary algorithm or a new method of training a neural network. Okay, that's one type. That's a new type of AI technology. Then there's patents on innovations created using AI. Let's say a drug that was created using AI, invented using AI. So patents in the first category. Improvements in AI technology those are really just a, just the a type of software patent and Although we know it can be challenging to obtain software patents, uh, those of us who specialize in software patents understand uh, the basic lay of the land there, and we know how to obtain those kinds of patents and patent offices generally understand how to examine those types of patents. but uh, about the second category, which I call AI generated or ai enabled innovations like. AI-created drugs, AI-created circuits, AI-created software. We're definitely much more in the Wild West right now. Uh, we know very little about how patent offices and courts are going to interpret the legal requirements for novelty and non-obviousness, written description, enablement, and so forth with respect to those types of AI-generated inventions or AI-enabled inventions. and. As a result, we really need to, to look into our crystal balls into the future and write those patent applications with multiple layers of defenses built in, by which I mean we need to write those patents to satisfy as many of the possible future ways in which patent law is going to be interpreted to apply to AI patents. So that we can protect ourselves and our clients and our companies against the, the many different ways in which patent law might be applied to AI in the future. So That is clearly a very hard task, but it's what keeps me busy, uh, it's what keeps <laughs> this field so exciting and satisfying, and I think it will for a very long time into the future.
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast. Don't forget, more information about this webcast can be found in our description box below, along with a link to take you to the full agenda of the program on Tuesday, November 22nd. We hope you can join us at 12 o'clock Eastern to 2 o'clock Eastern. Or you may register to get a copy of the recording if your calendar is full. However you choose to listen, we hope to see you there. And until next time, this has been another episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast. Take care and bye for now.